Hey everybody, welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, this is episode 32, and we're going to talk about getting high while pregnant, which is kind of a controversial subject, but I don't mind taking it on because I know my mommy friends, as soon as my news feed starts filling up with expectations, so does my private message box. So this is a really important discussion to have, and... uh I don't mind being on the far end of a little controversy. So here we go. But first, you know, we got to start with some stoner moments. And I don't have too much that I wanted to say from the last episode, except that for some of it, there's too much that I want to say. So I might actually have another episode about anxiety. I don't know. I got to go back and listen to it and see where... uh, or I'm going to take it. But all in all, I'm washing my hands of that for now. I did want to say that I had gotten some of those Americana's jellies or gummies. That's what it was. Gummies. Sour gummies in Colorado. And I just wanted to give a little uh, feedback on my experience with them, which is, eh, I don't, they don't really suit me particularly. Uh, they are either made with a THC distillate, or they're made with an indica, but I found them to be kind of, uh, of a de- kind of a depressant, and not in a good way, uh, not in a comfortable way, not any way that I'm familiar with, um, and outside of things that I know that are made with THC distillates and don't have a lot of terpene addition to it, or direction, I should say, with it. So uh, I'll probably give those ones to the sister too, and she'll definitely like those. She likes a good uh, indica, kind of like calm her down and help her sleep type of deal. So they should be really good for her. And also because she's got the higher tolerance, she can actually eat a couple of them, which is always enjoyable. Uh, Another thing that I wanted to say, moving on, is that while I was poking around on the internet, I found this really cool chart about cannabinoid degradation. And so I'm going to post that to the blog if you're interested in that kind of science. It isn't totally complete. There are some jumps uh, and some arrows that aren't actually explained in the key, but it was definitely the most comprehensive and easy to understand flowchart that I've seen so far. So I'm going to throw that up. And then the last thing that I want to say, uh, get a little blunted about Nida getting pwned. Hey, uh, basically, Nida's stranglehold on cannabis research has been called into question. And the treaty that they have used and the DEA has used to prevent further research has also been called into question, and we might be on the brink of a research explosion uh, based on the funding, which also means that there's going to be a lot of shitty information out there until there's some sort of good regulatory and educated uh, body out there to, to help consumers better understand what their options are and the safety of those options. And, uh, well, you know, it's really kind of come at a better time to start talking about cannabis and pregnancy because safety in your cannabis and the products that you're getting is a really big issue when, when we start talking about 
organic versus non-organic and and things like that and cannabis cannabis being such a vital medicine to expecting mothers uh, because obviously I was going to be pro cannabis use for our pregnant mommies uh, no surprise there uh, but being that this is such a women's rights issue we really need research about what those chemicals and nutrients and the flush and the benefits of organic versus non-organic in our consumption of cannabis is so vitally important. So this is a good time to tie it all in, at least I think. Uh, another interesting point about this is while ACE is making great movement with CARERS, uh, the CARERS Act, and this kind of information where the treaty can kind of tear down that wall of research on its own. Um, or I should say, you know, the treaty not blocking or putting up a wall for research and uh, enforcing NIDA to tear that wall down is actually going to help push the descheduling movement along and probably quicken the pace to descheduling, but only because... It's kind of deadened the overall hammer blow that descheduling would have created if Congress had actually taken the opportunity long ago. But uh, all, all, all for progress sake, so that's great. All right, let's move along here. It's a noisy day today. My turtle's restless. The neighbor's still moving out. Streets are jumping. It's a gloomy day, and everybody's like, "Meh, might as well get to work." Fuck it. Okay, you guys. Pot and pregnancy, taking care of mommy. What to expect? So one of the biggest focuses uh, when it comes to cannabis and pregnancy is its ability to relieve morning sickness. Uh, cannabis for nausea is one of its most ubiquitously agreed upon medicinal applications. So, and that goes whether your nausea is caused by other drugs, uh, by alcohol, by pain, uh, idiopathically, it just works. It helps regulate a lot of times, sometimes longer than others, and it could depend on the type of cannabis you're using and the amount of cannabis you're using, but you absolutely have immediate relief with cannabis from nausea. Morning sickness is so common for women when they are pregnant. You have all this movement in your body and things are hardening and there's all kinds of things going on and your your brain is like, this is fucked. I don't know what's going on. Maybe your inner ears like, screw this. Ah! I don't know what happens to create all that nausea. But I do know that cannabis can be used when it is smoked or vaporized the fastest for getting rid of that. And when you have really, really bad morning sickness, and I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but hyperemesis gravidarum, I believe is the clinical term for it. 
you become so nauseous that you're constantly vomiting. You can't keep water down. You can't keep food down. So eating your weed as an option doesn't become an option anymore. You could use tinctures, um, but those can take a little while longer. And then if it's an alcohol tincture, it might not be as good. If it's maybe like an infused honey, it could take a while. Again, you have to wait for it to metabolize. It doesn't act quite as a tincture. Glycerin can be good, uh, but not everybody has access to those tinctures right now. So smoking is the most available option. Not everybody can afford a vaporizer. So I personally feel that if a mother needs to smoke her weed in order to be able to live her life while pregnant, fucking smoke your weed, all right? I see absolutely no problem with it. There has been a study done, there have been numerous studies done on women who smoke weed while pregnant. And like almost all drug studies, the problem is that they're incredibly inconsistent, they're really vague, and they're almost so biased in their opinion that they can hardly be called science. Like, let's just be real about that. Now, a big part of that comes from the fact that we haven't been able to do critical, adequate research because there's been this fantastic stonewalling that will begin to lift up and as uh, socially, culturally, it becomes accepted to use cannabis on a recreational level, women who are pregnant will begin to feel safer about sharing their use in places like the United States where it's illegal. However, in places like Jamaica, where cannabis is much more accepted throughout society. Uh, There was a study done in 1992, and I will definitely have a link to that study. And in Jamaica, it's common for women to use cannabis in their tea. Now, this isn't smoking it, so it can't speak to that particular method of using cannabis when you are pregnant in order to relieve nausea. But in Jamaica, it's common to just use cannabis as a a ritual when you are pregnant. It's definitely much more of an accepted cultural thing. And so it allowed for a more open and honest study of its participants. Uh, And whereas in the United States, women are terrified about being caught smoking weed when they're pregnant. And and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, But the study in Jamaica, because it is a cultural, sacramental type of thing, it also allowed for a generational background to be associated with the cannabis. You could tell that the women who were using cannabis now were women who had also been uh, neonatals uh, of women who were using cannabis and the women before them were using cannabis while they were pregnant. And so that that can make a really big difference in the overall effects of the study. You might, based on a lot of the research that's come out of the United States and Australia, 
surmise that that should lead to a higher birth defect rate and a slower educational uh, progressing throughout their academic careers and, and a less functional society on a whole. But what they actually found was there was no difference, no real discernible difference, and any differences that may have tilted the charts could actually be attributed to a class difference. And part of that class difference was the cannabis consumption. Poor women couldn't afford the cannabis, couldn't afford that sacramental aspect of it. And, uh, and therefore, the women who were of a higher class, which you would already associate with better nutrition, better medical care, things like that in, in the prenatal stage then you can't necessarily say that cannabis had any good effects, but you can show that it clearly didn't seem to have any bad effects either. So it tends to be the study that is the go-to when we're trying to have a legitimate talk about pregnancy and cannabis consumption. But again, I do want to stress that that is tea consumption and not necessarily smoking, which has obviously significant health risk associated with it on its own. Mostly the lack of oxygen, the introduction of carbon monoxide. That is obviously clearly an issue, and I would never suggest that a woman who is pregnant just be able to light up joints all day and every day but at the same time, I personally am not really going to judge her that hard for it either, since it has been shown that smoking cannabis can actually increase your lung function. It can increase the amount of oxygen that your lungs are able to, to take in. I, I think that there are ways that that health risk is mitigated by its benefits, not to mention the fact that the best thing, hands down, I think, Almost all doctors and people who have ever been around pregnant women and babies will say is that the best thing for baby is a happy mother. And if a happy mother has to be using weed in order to maintain that comfort, just let the fucking pregnant woman smoke some goddamn weed already. Fuck. Now, if this is new to you, there is a reason why cannabis can help regulate your nausea, and that is called the endocannabinoid system. Now, a woman's reproductive organs are filled with cannabinoid receptors that are part of this endocannabinoid system, and those receptors are essential for healthy egg attachment and development. Studies have known and scientists have known this for quite some time that the uterus is just filled with receptors and that endocannabinoids, which our body makes on our own, are essential for creating a really stable embryo. And that women with lower cannabinoids actually will experience problems in their fertility. Now, it's not super great science as far as we, we can tell you whether or not you're likely to, to be at risk for infertility or things like that. But we do know 
that it is essential. We also know that cannabis taps into those cannabinoid receptors. So it would actually seem logically that cannabis as a non-toxic medicine and as something which can trigger a healthy, productive, embryonic progression would actually benefit the infant and the mother, not be detrimental to its development. Now, there is neurodepression, there is neurostimulation, and there is hormonal fluctuation and all of that. But again, anything that makes the mother healthier and happier, it should have been shown to also make the baby healthier and happier. So if we can produce a healthier and happier mother, why aren't we? Well, there's a couple reasons. One is the legality of it. If you're in a state that has legal cannabis use or not legal cannabis use, there is no legal protection for parents. And especially for mothers, this becomes a really hard problem. People see women who are pregnant smoking and they fucking flip their shit. They find out that they're smoking cannabis and they freak out even fucking more. CPS is a huge problem. And, uh, and if I remember correctly, if California legalizes in November, we will become the first state to actually grant parent rights and, and protect them from having their children taken away from, uh, by CPS if they are growing cannabis or using cannabis. I don't know if that will extend to pregnant women um, because there's so little research right now on how cannabis affects children that people are just going to fucking freak out there. They'd rather be way ultra safe in their fear and try and lock it down and control it than actually want to address the information that is there. Think about it critically and give women their own fucking autonomy. No new thing there. So whatever. The other problem is that there's so little regulation that we can't be sure of what exactly is in the cannabis. And this is when smoking it becomes a really big problem. So it also stresses the importance of growing organically. Uh, If you are a grower and, and you are especially selling off your grow You don't know who's on the other end of that. Think about the little babies. You know, people who want to grow organically really see the benefits, not just in getting the best flower out that they can from their plant, but getting the best effect in their end consumer and really caring about that whole process is going to be a really great benefit of legalization and regulation. Want to throw that out there? Think about the little babies, all right? However, vaping is a big option that you have in order to reduce the likelihood that you are introducing any toxins into your system along with the cannabis, which is not a toxin, all right? Not all women can afford vaporizers. They aren't cheap. You want something good. Uh, you You know, the metal that goes into a vaporizer is just as important as the weed itself. So 
these are big things to consider when you're purchasing something. And and so again, it comes into that class issue of are are women vaping cannabis or are they smoking cannabis? Is that making a difference? And can a woman afford a $560 volcano digital vaporizer and all the bags and accessories in order to go with it and the leisure time to make sure that she can use it when she needs to? Or does she have to only be able to buy a gram at a time and sneak in a bowl in order to be able to continue her job, which doesn't have insurance so that she can make the payments at the clinic that she goes to for her prenatal care? Let's not be assholes about this, all right? So, yes, vaporizing it is a really great option. And if that is a financial option for you, please get a vaporizer and vape your material. It's still a really fast way. It targets the cannabinoids and the terpenes, and you're much less likely to actually get anything further into your system. But that's not guaranteed yet. The studies aren't there. So just want to throw that out too. Now, there are other methods you can use. Uh, I want to say, oh, juicing for the nutrients might be great for women too. And again, really important that you're going organic. If you want to juice cannabis leaves to give yourself some nutrients make sure that you know the source is organic all right that is for real another way is edibles now edibles aren't a great option as i've already mentioned for battling nausea you can't keep the edible down long enough for it to metabolize and do anything for the nausea and then if you haven't dosed it correctly it might actually counterbalance it and increase the nausea so some people find that they over-medicate very quickly, and then that can lead to the spins and further nausea. But I have read accounts of women using edibles when they go into labor in order to help secure a more natural birthing process in order to help relieve a lot of the birthing pain but not numb out their body so that you can't feel the push like an epidural would um but to really just help assist in that and again you've got all of those receptors in the reproductive area so using cannabis to to tap into those might be a benefit for a lot of women and science should get fucking on that. Science, I believe in you. Fucking get up in that badge. All right. Uh, let's do another thing. Oh, and then another way to utilize edibles is going to be through CBD and THCA use, along with all those other cannabinoids. But those are the ones that I know best. And they can really do things that aren't going to get you really high or really stoned, but can help facilitate an easier pregnancy. And trust me, ladies, that THCA for the booty afterwards and for the, the, the lady parts, the vagina, using pot lotion during your pregnancy can be a huge part of it for the stretch marks, preventing or helping them heal in a much more even way and and let's be honest our memory marks as beautiful as those memories are can be a little hard on the self-image for most women a lot of times and pot lotion can really do a lot to bring back some bounce to that that skin area 
Uh, they can also do a lot to bring about some healing in the vaginal and rectal areas uh, to help prepare for birth and to help heal afterwards, as well as treat or potentially prevent hemorrhoids from developing when your body kicks back in that digestive system and, and, and things have to reboot, which can be not a fun process. Now, I want to share with you a little story about my personal experience while we safety. Right now, we are going to safety with a newish bong to me. Meet Heisenberg. Heisenberg was given to me by a friend. Well, you know, we bartered for it. And uh, it has quite a story. It was found in a closet by some people while they were moving, purchased by someone who really wanted it, ended up owing money to somebody else who took it, who was then thwarted by a sister who fell in love with him at a party, took him home, kept him for a while, and then eventually grew out of him. And now... He's my bad boy. Two feet, two inches tall, made out of a beaker, a thousand milliliter beaker, with a perk attached to it. And the perk stem is about, I don't know, maybe 15 inches. This bong is not production. This bong is at least 15 years old based on its perk style. And I love it. It's got ice notches and plenty of room for splashback and all that stuff. It draws really, really well. And I am so excited. Well, I love weed and I love glasswork. I don't have a lot of money to put into things that I know I'm probably going to break. But... This guy is stout. Heisenberg has been a few places, a few festivals, a few parties, been around, seen some things, made it through, lived to tell about it. I really hope one day to pass it on to a deserving stoner myself. But for now, I'm going to smoke the shit out of it. And I'm smoking some uh, Jet Fuel OG which is super diesel-y, super OG, very body stimulating, very cerebrally stimulating. I have been crazy depressed lately, you guys. I'm not going to lie. Um, and in a way that I'm just not used to, where I, I just want to sleep all the time. I'm having a really hard time being physically motivated. I've recently changed uh, my diet. I met with a nutritionist and we went shopping and I'm trying to hold myself accountable right now and really make confident decisions to change my eating habits and my lifestyle. And really, and it's really hard um, to find the energy for this discipline. And I feel like my body is just totally self-sabotaging me in new ways by bringing up depression I'm not used to. Finding displeasure in things that I normally really enjoy, I get being angry all the time, I get being suicidal, I get 
but this this just low energy I can't I can't focus I can't remember appointments I've made I had an audition that I almost missed because I totally forgot that I even had an audition that is not like me and because of that I've had to turn to those diesels and those OGs that I don't normally like and switch up my game and now I'm so happy that I have the education to fine-tune my medicine right now and really give myself the relief that I need um I mean I'd been smoking this for a while this is a mix of some east coast sour diesel which is uh, super gasoline smelling like I mean you would think that somebody was about to torch your house if you have some of this drying uh, and and lying around, I'm just saying, in any any big quantity, and you walk into the room, you'd be like, don't light a fucking match. Whatever you do, do not light that match, because I need to find this gas leak right now. Ah, it's so, so danky. And, uh, and then I forget some other stuff. I think there's just some other OGs. And it is very stimulating. And I also took a ChemDog coconut oil capsule that usually gets me pretty pretty high normally I'm like oh man what am I doing I'm so high right now derp and then I'm like oh yeah I took that coconut oil capsule and uh and I accidentally took it the other day because I was rifling through my purse looking for the CBD and I found those and I was like I don't think these are it oh I'm just gonna pop one anyway and then I found the CBD and I was like oh yeah that was the chem dog and about an hour and a half later, I was getting stuff done in my house going like, I actually feel pretty normal right now. Duh, that's because I'm medicated. And I'm medicated in the way I need to be with a lot of good stimulation. ChemDog can be a pretty over-anxiety-inducing strain for me on my normal day. But in this newfound, really slothy-like depression... It's the perfect pick-me-up. So I took that as well, too. And now I'm going to hit this Hasenberg. It's so smooth for how big it is. I can't even believe how smooth it is. And I don't even have any ice in it. I'm so happy. Yay. So my pregnancy story goes back to me being 18 years old. And I had been smoking weed for not quite a year at that point. I want to say that I've been smoking weed for, uh, for about, oh man, maybe, maybe seven months when I found out that I was pregnant and I've had some experience with pregnancy before I had had two miscarriages before that. Um, I am a product of abuse and you don't know my story. So I'm just going to throw that out there if you were judging me. And if not, if you just felt sorry for me, don't things happen, but I found myself pregnant again and not having a miscarriage. I had given up cigarettes, which I was smoking three packs a day of at the time. I smoked my last cigarette before I went into the clinic in order to get my free pregnancy test. And uh, and 
that was pretty easy for me. I actually knew I was pregnant because I couldn't smoke cigarettes and I couldn't drink coffee or caffeine because it was making me sick. And because I had had two other pregnancies, I knew what that feeling was like. But I had no experience with using cannabis and being pregnant. When I got to my third pregnancy, I knew that I was going to keep it and that I wanted to do an adoption. And I wasn't sure how I felt about weed. I knew I didn't want to give it up. But Christmas time came around and baby daddy at the time had some weed that was really, really, really dense and sticky. And it looked like shit, but he swore it was hydro and we smoked it and it did get me high, but I didn't, I didn't like the high. And after a day of smoking that and bunkering down for Christmas and, and, and getting cozy, I was like, you know, I don't think I'm going to smoke weed while I'm pregnant anymore. And, uh, and I, I quit. And I don't think it was a week later that I began calling in sick to work because I couldn't make it in the mornings because of my morning sickness. And I did not put two and two together until years later. Now, as my pregnancy would progress, I would find the fiending for cigarettes uh, pretty tempting, though I didn't cave in. But I didn't find the return to pot tempting until afterwards. I, I I was encouraged by friends who had used cannabis during their pregnancy. And I just told them that, you know, like, that's that's just not what I want to do right now. That's not what I'm interested. I didn't know the source of my cannabis. And that was a really big issue for me. I didn't know what I was smoking. And so I chose not to smoke. And because of that choice, I absolutely ended up with morning sickness. And I was a miserable fucking pregnant woman. I have not had more children. Um, I will say that I had one more pregnancy after that. And it, it was uh, a story, not a happy story. And I won't go into it. And it was dealt with and it was done. But if I had chose to take that pregnancy to term, I would absolutely have continued to use cannabis because at that time I was getting way better quality cannabis on a regular basis. And I knew more about its medicinal benefits. I had read some more books. I was more engrossed in the culture. I knew more women, knew more mothers who were using it. And, uh, and I knew I had, I had retrained myself, re-educated myself out of that dare mentality that I was still stuck in the first time. So now when, when my friends who have become pregnant ask me about it, I refer them to the Jamaican study. I refer them to a vaporizer in their price range that I feel comfortable about. I suggest to them the tea method, that there are other ways to use cannabis. And and I try and comfort them and, and let them know that wanting to feel better and having a way to go about it is a good thing. Because you do you will feel better. And and to not give a fuck what a bunch of other people in society are saying and to look at the science. And to really think it through and to look at their options 
to try and make a decision that they're comfortable about. If you aren't comfortable using cannabis as smoking when you're pregnant, then I get that. But you have other options too. You absolutely have other options. And when it comes to making a happy baby, as in everything in life, it comes down to making a happy woman. So girl, get your puff puff push on. Boom. Puff puff push. I'll smoke to that. Again, I have no plans for babies in the future whatsoever. Knocking on wood. But if something were to change dramatically, if I win the lottery and accidentally get pregnant and I'm like, oh, well, let's just see how this turns out. Um, I would 100% continue to use cannabis and I would probably try to turn to vaping I've got that boundless vaporizer now, so that makes a really big difference. And I would have won the lottery, so I can totally afford to buy a volcano. Um, but I just don't see that in my future. <laughs> I don't see that happening at all. I'm knocking on wood again. Whew, shit. All right, Heisenberg, you do me good. Some people like to name their bongs lady names, like Somebody was like, oh, you named it a guy's name? I'm like, it is a giant fucking schlong. Yeah, of course I named it a guy's name. Most of my bongs are guys' names. The bong that I was smoking out of before was a guy. His name was Bowles. Fillmore Bowles. He's a dude. He looks like a brown little penis. He's a little brown glass. And there's like this, just, it looks like a penis. Let's just put it that way. And then the bong that you actually hear in the beginning of the podcast with the music is one of the few female bongs that I've had. That was Smokey the bong. And she was a lady, uh, but she wasn't a giant penis either. She was a beautiful wisp of smoke. And, and that was a really pretty art piece. Uh, kind of like a, one of those angled ones, but instead of hard edges so that it doesn't tip over. And I can't remember the glass artist's name right now. I'm so mad at myself. Um, but it was, it was rounded and it would still tip over, but it looked really pretty and it didn't have any splashback and it hit like a champ. Oh, Smokey, I miss you. That was a production piece though, so I might be able to pick it up somewhere else. I just haven't found it. Anyway, you guys, I have rambled on way longer than I thought and uh, it's time to get going. Thanks for spliffing it with me to my mommy friends. I hope that this has been helpful and... Uh, and that you find some relief with it if you have, like, too much anxiety. And, you know, they usually pot can help with that, too. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to throw that out there, all right? But, uh, yeah, take it easy. You really deserve it. Mwah. Thanks for spliffing it. Ciao for now.